Hey, this is Jason Hubbard, and I, along with my wife, are the lead pastors of One Life Church in Nampa, Idaho. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. We hope that it encourages you and motivates you to live for Christ. Enjoy this message. Uh, before I get started, I want to pray and just ask the Holy Spirit to come and be here to open our eyes, to open our ears, to hear and receive what He wants to say to us this morning. Jesus, I thank you that you are with us, that you are moving through us, and that you have good plans for each person here. I invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and move through me, speak through me, and help this word to be uh, effective according to the word that you've spoken. I pray that it would be in alignment with with your heart and uh, with what you want to have happen in our services today. I pray that you would come and that you would move, and that that chains would be broken, that today in this place, there would be things that have maybe clung to your people for a long time that would fall off in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would come and move through me, that as I speak, your word would go out and you would set people free, that you would bring freedom in this house from fear, from anxiety, and that we would be able to walk forward in love, knowing, assured that you have called and chosen us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we've been in this uh, table series, right? Gather at the table, come and join um, together at the table. And it is such a powerful series in, in this idea that we are all called and chosen by God. And we get to sit down at the end of, of you know, all time at a marriage supper with Jesus and we get to be at the table with him. We're all called to that table. We all get the invitation. We all are invited and we get the opportunity to respond. Jesus, yes, I want to follow you. I wanna come be part of your family. And uh, as we do that, we get to sit down at a table together and we get to partake in part of it right now. Right, So we get to gather together around tables and share in communion. And we've been talking about these different elements all the way through, right? We get to, to partake of Jesus at the table. We get to be hungry together at the table. We get to share in faith. We get to encourage one another in identity at the table. And uh, this morning, I actually wanted to talk about something that is, a, is really a spirit at the table. And it's, it's actually the spirit of fear or the spirit of love. And uh, I wanna talk about this idea of the spirit of fear. And I wanna begin right here. It says, they devoted themselves, and this is out of the, Acts 2, 42 to 43. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And what we see in this book of Acts kind of example is that the, the people of God were gathering together at tables, breaking bread, sharing in fellowship, praying for one another, devoted to the word of God. And they were doing all of these things together, but there was, a, there was something happening in each of their souls. And it's that word awe. And it, it means trembling with fear. And it doesn't mean the kind of fear that we think of when we say fear, because I think a lot of us ha immediately go to like fear, scary, afraid. But this fear that they possessed was an awe. 
It was a, a trembling fear of the Lord. And uh, we can see that they, they were walking in this awe of God, this reverence of who he was. And uh, we wanna be a people here at One Life that walk in reverence, but not fear, not, not this spirit of fear that comes on us that makes us cower and shrink back. So I wanna actually pit the two fears against one another today. There's the fear of God that the Bible talks about. And it's a fear that says, it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, you know, go uh, be a, be walk in fear of the Lord and, and reverence of him. And then there's this fear on the other side, which is a fear from the enemy. It's a fear that says, shrink back. It's a fear that says, pull back. Don't, don't go, don't stretch, don't reach. It says, you're condemned. You aren't good enough. You can't do it. That's the kind of fear that the enemy brings. And so I want to pit these two fears against one another because the Bible is full of these two different ideas of fear. And what's really interesting to me is that if you go back to the Greek root of that word fear, a lot of times when it says fear of the Lord or, uh, you know, fear of the enemy, it's actually using the exact same word of fear, the same Greek root. And uh, I just found that super interesting because a lot of times we're like, oh, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Uh, but you know, I believe that uh, what we the way that we can overcome fear of the enemy is with fear and reverence of God. So as we, as we look, we can begin to get focused on what the enemy is doing instead of what is God doing. And instead of who is he and how reverent I am of him, because he's the creator of the whole world and the enemy is over here trying to sow fear into the people of God that isn't rooted in truth. And so this morning, that's what we're going to do. Is that okay? Yeah. Everybody good? Okay. Uh, I am still, I'm going to call myself a very new preacher, okay? And I do really well if you can kind of shout at me um, because I get really nervous when everybody's quiet. Um, so please interact with me a little bit, okay? And if, if I'm saying something and it doesn't make sense, just, you know, love me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but both fears contain an element of awe in them. Are we in awe of the work of the enemy? Are we in awe of the things that he's built against us? Are we in awe of the sickness? Are we in awe of what he has done and, and, and come against us with? Or are we in awe of the creator of the universe who sent his very own son to save us and to give us life and freedom? And that's kind of what we're pitting against one another right here is what kind of fear is living in your heart? What has the enemies tried to sow in? What kind of fear is he trying to bring you down with? And what are you in awe of? Where's your awe? And so that first point there in your note says, fear of the enemy and darkness. Fear of the enemy and darkness indicates that we have a fear of death. We have a fear of his plans against us. We have a fear of the condemnation. We have a fear of what he's doing. And I, I just look back at the story of the Israelites, you know, they are uh, called by God to go into the promised land. And God says, hey, come on, we're gonna go into the promised land. And he says to Moses, send 12 spies into the land to look at it. And what happens? 10 of them come back and they're like, we are like grasshoppers in their eyes. We shouldn't go in. 
and the whole like Israelite people decide that that's more wisdom than following the God who just delivered them from Egypt with 10 plagues. I mean, come on. They're looking at the plan of the enemy. They're, they're saying, I see these big people. They're like grass, we're like grasshoppers, grasshoppers. Where have you decided in your heart that you are like a grasshopper against the things that the Lord has said over you? What promised land has he given you that you have become like a grasshopper in your own eyes? You're you're not a grasshopper in the Lord's eyes, just in your own eyes. Where have you allowed the, the, the enemy to kind of get you to cower down and bend to his will as opposed to the Lord's will? We need to be aware of this. The story of Goliath, you know, I think that these stories, sometimes we become so familiar if we've been in church a long time, but we got to break out of that because the story of Goliath is this, Saul and the Israelites saw him and he was blaspheming the Lord. And they were just like, we can't come up against him. We're too afraid. We're too afraid. And, and the, the, they saw the tactic of the enemy and they were in awe of it. They were in awe of what the enemy was doing, not in awe of what God is doing or what he could do. They were in awe of the enemy. And I just, it, it hurts my heart when I think about it. The story of those experiencing miracles of Jesus. So Jesus is, is doing all these miracles. And then the people, it says in John seven thirteen said, yet for fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly of him. They were afraid of people. They were in awe of the Jews and the, the rulers of the time. Let's not be in awe of them. Elijah, Elijah, he was afraid of Jezebel. Um, Jezebel said these horrific things. Um, it says, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Um, and these are prophets of Baal, so like false God worshipers. Um, and then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me more and also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. And then it says, then he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life. <laughs> I would be running for my life too. <laughs> um, and he didn't stop running. I mean, he ran and ran, but the Lord actually came to him in a, stall, a still small voice. And he said, do not be afraid. By this time, like, I want you to go back and I want you to run because I am with you and my plan is greater than the plan of the enemy. My plan is greater than the plan of the enemy. We don't have to be afraid of what the enemy is speaking and saying against us because we are called and chosen by God himself. We are his set apart ones. We are called and chosen. It's amazing. The story of fear, um, I just wanna, I wanna tell you guys a little story about myself actually. Um, when this was probably, this would be six years ago because Dustin is six, but um, Dustin was brand new. He was two months old. He, he's my son, he's six, obviously. Um, <laughs> he was like two months old and I was having a lot of postpartum stuff happening, but Jason had to leave for about a week. And um, I, was gripped with fear when he left. Uh, I had three kiddos all under the age of four at the time. And um, I had never experienced fear like this, but it was like the spirit of fear and just 
angst came on me so heavy. Uh, I could not sleep for the entire week. I, I would stay up all night because I was so afraid someone was gonna come into our house. It was a very real fear for me and it had no basis in reality whatsoever, but it was a lie that the enemy had sown into my heart and I could not find peace. I tried so hard. I was, I was like wrestling and I, I remember it like it was yesterday and uh, this fear and this angst and my heart was pounding all night, every night that I was there. And uh, just like, I, I would stay wide awake, planted by the door and uh, I couldn't go to sleep. I would watch shows all night and I was just, I was a mess. And uh, about five days into this, um, I was praying to the Lord because I, I knew him and I was just like, God, what is this? Like, I cannot get it to break. I cannot get this thing to go away every night. It is just gripping me. And uh, I felt like the Lord just gave me this picture of himself uh, as a lion. And that house that we were in um, had this really narrow hallway that led from the front door all the way to all three bedrooms that my kids and I were in at the back of the house. And I just saw him like a lion fill the hallway. And he was, he was like stern, but but present, but resting. And he was like, I am your guard. And I was like, oh, why have I not had this revelation before? And I think there's some places in our hearts and lives today that the enemy has made a case against you. And he has, he has made you in awe of his tactic. He has set up something that is so great against you that you're living in this idea of fear. Fear of what he could do to you, fear of what he could do to your family, fear of how he can attack you. And he wants to come today and bring this peace, this everlasting peace that he is with you. He is your guard. He is the one protecting. He's the one giving peace. And so uh, this morning, that's where we wanna go. And this is where we just ask ourselves this question, what evil or darkness have I been in awe of that has set itself up against me and intimidated me? And then we're gonna shift now to this healthy fear, this healthy fear, this healthy fear of God. And I know it's the same word, but it truly means something very different. A fear of God does not mean that we are afraid of judgment. It actually means that we are afraid, uh, we're, 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 uh, we're in awe and reverence and trembling with how amazing he is. And so we're not trembling in fear at the enemy, we're trembling in awe of who he is, of what he's done, of how good he is, of his, the fact that he sent his son to die for us. Um, and that's the kind of fear we wanna live in. Um, it says uh, that we're told to walk out our salvation with fear and trembling. We're also told um, to conduct ourselves with fear throughout our time on earth, knowing that we are ransomed from our feudal ways inherited from our forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with precious, the precious blood of Jesus Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. That's where we can put our faith in. We can build our life on that kind of fear 
the kind of fear that says, my God is so amazing, so great that he sent his son for me. And I am not bought with perishable things, but with imperishable things. And that's where we can build our life. Um, He also told Abraham, I just wanna give a few examples of this fear throughout the Bible, okay? Because I think sometimes when we hear the word fear, we kind of have a weird idea of what it is, but um, he's talking to Abraham and Abraham had just been told to sacrifice his only son to God. And then God stops him right in the middle of it. And he's like, don't do it. That's not what I want you to do. And it's a type of Christ. Eventually God sends his son as the sacrifice for us, but it's meant to show us that type. And it's, it, God says to Abraham, do not reach out your hand against the boy and not, do not do anything to him. For now, I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Our fear and reverence from, from God, it actually leads us to relationship with him, to closeness with him. It leads us into following what his word says and doing things the way that he has asked us to do them because we are in awe of who he is. And we're like, I wanna, I wanna live the way you want me to because you're so amazing and your love for me is so great. Um, Moses also uh, in Exodus, uh, he's picking out people to be the leaders of the people. And uh, it says, uh, moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God and are trustworthy, who hate a bribe and place such men over the people. The kind of people that God wants to lead his people are people who actually fear him and won't take bribes and won't give favoritism and won't lead people astray. The kind of people that God puts in place as leaders that he wants in place are people who actually fear him and re- have reverence for him. And uh, that's the the kind of people that God wants to lead. People who fear God recognize that he's the creator and sustainer. They believe he loves them and sent his son for them. They live in awe of him and his works and they live according to the word and then they receive it and walk it out. So we are a people who live with fear and trembling of the Lord, but not in fear and awe of the enemy and his works. Psalm 23 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I know we've, we've referenced this Psalm several times and it's a common Psalm. We even did a series on it, but I'm telling you this whole idea of I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. I won't find any awe in the evil. I'm not gonna find awe in that. Nope, not gonna be afraid. The psalmist pens that he will not fear because he is comforted by the shepherd's love and he trusts the shepherd's table of protection. So we, we sit at this table of protection. We sit at a table where we are guarded and hedged in. And then again, David writes, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil, evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh. This is in the Bible, people. Um, my adversaries and foes, it is they who will stumble and fail. It is not me who will stumble and fail. It's the adversary. He is the one that's stumbling and falling, not us. 
Let the stronghold be the Lord and his hand over you, not the stronghold of fear from the enemy. We are building our stronghold in the Lord. He's the one, not, and you know, we hear stronghold and a lot of times strongholds in the Bible are, are uh, str- we look at them as like things that are evil that have a grip on you. It's a stronghold that we need to break off. Sometimes we need to break those off, but then we need to get in the stronghold of the Lord because that's the stronghold where we can build our life. That's the firm foundation. That's the thing that's gonna move us out of fear and into his marvelous light. Fear is also deeply attached to love. Deeply attached. When we have a hard time receiving the love of God or having a revelation of it for ourselves, that's typically the time we get tempted to live in that spirit of fear that the enemy puts on us. When we don't have a revelation of love, because because the Bible actually tells us that um, it's his love that removes the fear. It's by power, love, and a sound mind that timidity is removed. And so we can, we can walk in that. Security in God's love for us will lead us out of fear or awe of the enemy and into his, limit, uh, and his limited power and into a healthy fear or awe of God and his works. Um, Paul reminds the Roman church that they are adopted and don't need punishment. They're, they're not going, they don't need to fear punishment from God. It says, for you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by which we cry out, Abba, Father. We get to walk in this spirit that we are sons and daughters and we can call out to him and say, Abba, Father, and he will come and he will meet us and he will help us. We don't walk by a spirit of fear, but by truth and power. But even if you should, uh, Peter talks of suffering as Christians. Anybody ever suffered? I'm just wondering. Um, (laughs) But Peter talks of suffering as Christians at the hands of people insulting us for Christ's name. And, you know, as Christians in America, you know, sometimes I don't think we really experience this kind of suffering very much. But sometimes we do. Sometimes there are people that just come against us because we are Christians. And Peter actually tells them, Even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. That's 1 Peter 3.14. And then John talks of our confidence on the day of judgment. We have no fear of judgment because we are in Christ's perfect love. Um, It says this in 1 John 4. Beloved, let us love, or no, sorry. It says, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. Isn't it so hard to believe sometimes? But we have come to know and to believe. So it's not just head knowledge. It's a belief. It's a heart knowledge of his love. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. When we miss the love component, we begin to fear we begin to be in awe of the enemy because we don't realize how loved we are. 
We're, we're rooting ourselves in this tactic of the enemy instead of rooting ourselves in the love that God has for us. God is love. He is the depositor of love. And so with this in mind, um, who are you in awe of? Who are we in awe of? as a church? Are we in awe of all the crazy stuff the enemy is doing in the world right now? We don't find awe in that. I mean, like we, we've got to shift our thinking because sometimes I think I look at the news and I'm like, oh my word, <laughs> can it get worse? And it does every day. <laughs> but I'm not going to live in awe of that. He's throwing a storm of stuff at us. But you know what? We serve a God who is great, who rules, who reigns, who came, who sent his very own son to come and die for you so you could live in eternity with him. We don't have to be bound to fear. We don't have to live in fear. We have a loving God who is sending his love towards us all the time. The question is, will we receive it? Will we actually acknowledge it? Will we believe it? Will we take what the word, what the Bible says? God is love. And he has love for you. Will we receive it and take it and make it ours? Um, I just have a few points of how to walk in love, in the love and fear or reverence, awe of God. We've got to marvel at his greatness and the work he is doing. He is doing a work. The enemy is setting up a fight, but just like the Israelites, God was saying, hey, you're not grasshoppers. Get over there. I'm gonna tear this down just by marching. Don't shrink back. Let's not be afraid. Encourage one another. Let's be a body that encourages. When somebody says, oh, did you see that happening in the news? Yeah, but God. Yeah, but God. I can't, I'm marveling at what he's doing because there is revival breaking out and there are people that are coming to know him right now that didn't know him before. And I'm in awe of that. I'm in awe of that. Let's be honest about our feeling of fear. We don't have to hide the fear. Fear needs to be brought to light so that it can be exposed for what it is. Let's not be a people who are not humble enough to bring fear out. Because you know what? This message, some people could leave here and be like, well, I'm never gonna tell anybody that I'm afraid. That's for sure. But let's not do that. We have people up here at the end of every service that are willing to pray for you. And here's the deal. If the spirit of fear has plagued you and been on you, ask someone to help. Let's bring it to the light. Let's pray. And they're gonna pray that you will have a revelation of the love of God and the awe of God that will set you free from this spirit of fear. We've got to expose it. Ask God for a revelation of his love. That's a very simple thing that you can do. Ask him for a revelation. Oh God, help me know your love. And go back to this passage in 1 John 4. Reread it over and over again and let it seep into your heart. And then I'm gonna read a couple verses. Uh, This is a passage from Romans. And uh, these are some verses you could meditate on. Um, And by meditate, I just mean read it and then think about it. Read it again, think about it again. Let your mind linger on the thoughts that are composed in here. Um, And you could do that with the first John passage as well. But I think this is such a powerful passage. It's from Romans 8, 31. And it says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? That's talking about any condemnation, any fear of judgment day. Who's gonna bring that charge against you? (laughs) It is God who justifies us. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. That means he's, he's praying for us and making everything right between us and God constantly. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress? Shall persecution or famine, nakedness, danger, sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. So there will be trials, okay? We might one day be sheep as being slaughtered. I don't really want that, but it might happen. But <laughs> know in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors of fear. We are more than conquerors of the plans of the enemy set up against us because of the love of God. He has loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will actually be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. And that is something we can clap about right there. Nothing separates us from his love. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to be trapped in it anymore. There is no awe in that. I'm in awe of God's love for me. Um, You know, I just wanna give a moment because this message I felt so, so heavy in my heart, actually just last night, I wrestled with something to speak all week um, and I've been trying to prepare for the last three and I, I wrote several sermons much like my husband and none of them settled until I, I was just praying and I just felt that the Lord deposited this idea in my heart of fear of the enemy versus fear of the Lord. And uh, he asked me, I want you to preach it. And I was like, okay. But in that, I felt like he wanted to do something in our services. Because I, I think that, that the world is, uh, the enemy is trying to sow this idea of fear into us right now to get us to back down just a little bit. And uh, I wanna make an opportunity for us to respond. That if fear is something that you're dealing with right now, we don't just leave here never address it again. We don't walk out of here knowing all of the things, but not actually having a heart transformation. We don't wanna just know in knowledge. We wanna know in our hearts too. We wanna believe fully. And so if fear is something that you have been struggling with or um, is something that even just came on you recently or is uh, maybe there's one place in your life that you're having a lot of anxiety and tension in your heart and you just cannot get the peace of God. I want you to be really bold and just raise your hand. Awesome. Thank you guys. I wanna pray and um, maybe the band could go on and come up. And uh, I wanna give us an opportunity to, to pray for this and then really begin to worship and allow the love of God to wash over us and break this fear off. If, if that was you, if you raised your hand, I want you to just put your hands out, like you can put them here. It's just a sign of surrender and receiving. Uh, that's all that means. So just receive from the Lord. 
Father, I pray that right now you would come with your Holy Spirit. You would give revelation of your love to each person that raised their hand and even people that were even afraid to raise their hand. I pray that you would pour out your love on them. That the awe of who you are and what you're doing would come and sink deep into their hearts. I pray that you would move in them and break off the spirit of fear by your power, by your love. And I pray that you would give each of them a sound mind, that they would be sure of the salvation that you've given them, that you would pour out your word into them, that the love of the Father would come and rest on them even right now. I break off all anxiety. I break off all fear and that it would come, you would come and that they would be in awe of you. Jesus, I thank you that you do a work in us that we don't have to walk and live on our own, but we can walk and live by the spirit. We can trust you. We can build our, our, our lives on the foundation of your love. I thank you, Jesus, that you care for each one of us and that you have provided a way for us to draw near to you through your son, Jesus. We love you so much in Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. You know, if you are here and you have never entered into a relationship with God, maybe you've heard about God, you know about Jesus, or maybe you don't. Maybe uh, you've never done the church thing before. I wanna give you an opportunity today just to know the gospel message. And the gospel message is this. God, the creator of all things, sent his son Jesus to die on the cross and be raised again back to life three days later so that he could cover our sins with his blood. He died on the cross so that we, he would take the penalty for our sin. And sin is just simply this. It's when it's every, all the selfish things we do basically. Anything that's geared towards self, all the selfish, all the thoughts, all the things that are geared towards ourselves. He paid the, the penalty for that. When we're in awe of ourselves or the enemy more than awe of him, that's sin. And so he paid the penalty for those things so that we no longer have to walk in shame, guilt, condemnation, and then we can spend eternity with him. And if you are in here and you've never made a decision to give your life to the creator of the world, to surrender your life to him and ask him to be your Lord and savior, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that in this service right here. Um, all you, all, the, the beginning of that is just a confession. I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for my sin as payment. And I want you to come and live in my heart. It's a, it's a confession of our mouth and a belief in our heart. And so uh, we're all gonna pray together this prayer. And I just invite you, if this is your first time praying that prayer, this is a significant moment. It's the beginning of a relationship. It's not the only moment. It's actually the beginning of a life with God, a loving God who cares for you and, and loves you and is gonna lead you in a life that is good and right with Him. So. If, this is, if you wanna pray this prayer, pray with us. Jesus, I ask you to come and forgive me of my sin. Come and cleanse me with your blood. I proclaim that you are my Lord. I believe in you. I believe you died, were buried, and raised three days later 
as a, pen, as a payment for my sin. I want to live with you and walk with you. Teach me to live by your word. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to walk in your ways. Amen.